0: How can I make a difference? Listen to how Lauren Stevenson started Women to the Front after the election to play her part in creating the world she really wants to be a part of. You're listening to TNA Talk Sex. I'm T. Because sex isn't ever just about sex. Hi, guys. uh, This is episode 151, um, right in the middle of the holiday season. Uh, So... This conversation, actually, um, I I was in New York two months ago, and I met up with Lauren, who is technically my second cousin, Uh, but she started this really amazing group, and I was so inspired by how she came to do it, that I stopped by her place and had a conversation and we just launched right in. And, um, and so I just tapped the recorder on my cell phone and, uh, the sound quality might not be as crisp as this, but I wanted to just let you guys know where we picked up in the middle of the discussion as it starts. Um, Lauren and I were talking about the women's march and feminism and how we define it for ourselves. And then specifically, uh, the issue of how the Women's March fractured, you know, different sects of women and their belief systems, Um, you know, and how do we organize behind one view when we have so many other conflicting views um, in different capacities. Uh, So she starts out talking about that. That's where the conversation starts, uh, right in the middle. but. Again, I was just so impressed with how she decided to take action and effect change, and I thought you all might get inspired to do the same for whatever issue you're passionate about. It's a real how-to story. Um, since we're all feeling like we want to play a part in, in, like I said, creating the reflection of the world that we want to be a part of. Uh, enjoy the conversation.
1: It's just, it's basically, you know, I'm of the opinion that everyone needs feminism. And so right. anything that impedes that access, I feel like that's a problem in one way, shape, or form. And it's not a problem like one person is bad, one person is good. It's like, it's a problem we need to work on and figure out and have more conversations around. Um, Do you think, okay, this isn't interesting? Because I immediately go,
0: well there's challenges because a lot of women have different value sets, right? Mm-hmm. But are there certain core truths right like health care for women and that education around it that yeah. we could all agree upon globally? Yeah. I mean Or I, even then not, because some women are impeding yeah the type of medical exams that might be necessary to yeah. prevent I
1: mean I in the beginning of my like budding feminism, I, I did think that it was possible to include women who were pro-life. And the reason for that is basically just like what I was just talking about, that I think everyone needs feminism. And so let's put them under this umbrella. Let's talk about what feminism is, all with sort of this secret desire that, you know, they'll eventually come around to being pro-choice and see why that's important.
0: well, and I, I think also, just to add, pro-choice yeah. being... Like, I always come back to, um, I personally don't get excited about the idea of an abortion. Like, right. I don't want to have one. Right. Um, your body is not for me to dictate on. Right. Like, I, I, at the end of the day, that's where I come from. Yeah,
1: going, absolutely. And I think, too... I don't know
0: what you need to do with your body. Let me let you decide.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is the case with you, but I think, too, I'm definitely biased... Um, As I was raised Catholic.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: that's true. And I don't think that that's a thing that I can really extricate myself from. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very specific, you know, core set of beliefs that really does found what you think is good and bad, even if you can sort of rationalize otherwise. Yeah, you still have impulses. Right. Um, And I I felt like one of the most helpful quotes was from um, Dolores. I say? Okay. <laughs> it's a sure famous political leader that we should absolutely, absolutely know how to pronounce her last name. Um, but she was also raised Catholic. She actually had eleven kids, and <laughs> yeah. And she originally uh, she came about at the same time as like Gloria Steinem, and Betty Friedan, Betty Friedan, and um, she originally was uh, anti-abortion, and she. Apparently had a sit down with Gloria Steinem and Gloria Steinem was like, listen, if women are actually going to have access to their full lives, to their entire bodies, to their whole selves, they need to have the power of their reproductive choices, like period, end of sentence. So you can personally be anti-abortion, but there's just no way to have women be fully independent and of themselves and themselves alone Can I
0: ask you too, sometimes it feels like there's this mudslide where we're trying Mm. to do damage control and by that I mean we forget that we're coming from a place where women truly didn't have autonomy over their bodies and by that I mean if you're married you're having sex and you can get pregnant whenever the man comes inside of you
1: right?
0: and he's going to decide when he comes inside of you because he's having sex with you. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually making a choice, right? And I come from, I'm assuming it's a place of privilege where um, I've had sexual partners that we discuss it and we decide if it's okay for that person to ejaculate inside of me or not. Mm-hmm. And um, and when and how and, you know, right. all of these conversations that I think aren't happening for a lot no, of people. They're
1: definitely not happening.
0: Right, and yeah. if a condom's even being used, these there's, kinds of there's things. There's
1: also an insane amount of um of medical risk that happens uh with a woman getting pregnant with a woman uh oh i joke about it but i'm always like i could die no (laughs) literally and texas is uh maternal mortality rate is actually one of the highest in the world.
0: And they have the highest teen pregnancy in America, right? And the
1: reason for both of those things is because they have, I want to say, five women's health clinics that provide for abortions. And so immediately, um, when that legislation went into effect, which I believe was maybe five years ago, um, those were the trap laws the Supreme Court dealt with, um, that basically was like, if your hallway is not, uh, you know, at least 10 feet wide to fit an emergency stretcher, then you have to close down your Right. They clinic. shut down the clinic. Right. And so they either had to be able to pay for... Um, retrofitting. Yeah. Retrofitting or for, like, um, for lawyers and stuff to cover that. So most of them couldn't do any of those. So you have this massive state that has, like, basically zero health options for women. So you have...
0: Well, can I ask you? And maybe this is devil's advocate, but when you mention like a clinic that provides abortions, Mm -hmm. is it not also a clinic that provides many healthcare services for women? Oh yeah, contraception. Right, and at the at the end of the scale is also the abortion Mm -hmm. option. So you have right contraception before you're even getting there. So I just I guess I mentioned that to shape that fuller picture.
1: Contraception is
0: is much more important in that regard. Well, and an education around it and even just the existence of the clinic I think says to someone, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Right? Here's an organization and people behind it Mm -hmm. acknowledging it. Like I'm like I was just saying, coming to meet with you and even just talking with you, I'm already energized with like all these ideas I had, right? So the power Mm -hmm. of unifying, organizing, connecting with other like minded people.
1: Yeah, no, and that is that's definitely a thing that, you know, to to some degree I've always been interested in health and then women's health and, uh, reproductive health. I think it's like just this really fascinating crux of like, uh, social, cultural, actual health. And then history too. Mm-hmm. Um, the history I find to be fascinating, particularly because we know so little of it. Like for instance, so I, uh, my, my friends and I starting with my friend, Sammy Kriegstein, um, uh, she came up with this idea for National Pantsuit Day, uh, which was so awesome. It was October 22nd last year, and it was sort of just like a celebration that we had, you know, the first female candidate for president and, like, how far we have come. And part of the decorations that, that we wanted the marchers to carry were, like, famous women, and, and particularly women that had... Um, that had like you know lit the path to get there, and so one of the major people was Shirley Chisholm, and uh, she never was heard of her. The, exactly, <laughs> she was one of the first women to run for president. She was never, um, you know, she was never nominated by a party. Oh,
0: was she African American? Yep. I saw the, there was a little documentary yep. going around. And okay. She's incredible. Incredible. Incredible.
1: Um, but even among the group of marchers, and there was about three hundred of us, all of us obviously feminist leaning maybe a handful of people knew who she was. Wow. So there's so there's a huge just like gaping hole of history that has to do with women. And then to go even further, women's reproductive history is like just this like totally bizarre and, you know, religiously skewed and and, and it's really important because it makes things like, you know, when we talk about Going to the emergency room and feeling like we're not quite being listened to, but we feel a little bit crazy. If you know that that is actually grounded in studies, that women's pain is not taken as seriously, or that, you know, 10, 20 years ago, we treated XYZ. You know, I mean, I feel like those sort of historical um, building blocks. Help you to be able to put these things in perspective beyond it, just and being to
0: like, have more agency for yourself. Yeah, just for listeners because we're recording. <laughs> I think I, this is like behind the, the bonus material. <laughs> uh, we, you, and I were talking earlier about how we both found ourselves. I don't know. Did you go to the ER? You said
1: you did. I went to uh, one of those like emergency med clinics.
0: Yeah. Places. Well, to just recap yeah. for anyone, we we both found ourselves in the ER this year due to women's health issues that aren't talked about. And I, I myself waited too long to go to the ER. I visited my doctor who was even female and made me feel crazy. Yeah. And I'm also someone to go, well, you know, don't you have to be like blacking out to go to the ER? Right. If you're blacked out, how do you even get yourself there? I don't know. (laughs) You know, whatever. So I waited and I waited and I had a much more severe recovery process because I didn't trust that that what was happening to me was severe enough
1: yeah yeah and i mean in both our cases too it's it's not exceedingly rare like i had an, an ovarian cyst rupture
0: i was gonna say just for i had a, a uterine fibroid yeah. passing through my cervix that caused hemorrhaging oh of blood <laughs> i
1: think that's probably a little bit more. i but I'm it's not so sure. rare it's so no like idea.
0: quirky right. that's very mean it's i'm
1: like, <laughs> yeah. You it could be the rare one <laughs> or like
0: the random yeah. like well totally. by accident totally. this never happens yeah <laughs> but
1: it, I mean so it has actual real health repercussions when you're not aware of these things both like you know our mothers talking to us about, our, about it more but even like our doctors talking right. to us about our bodies more so than just being like are you sexually active do you have any STDs all right bye like as yeah. opposed to like here are some things that, like, around your age you might want to keep an eye out for. Oh my god, I know. as opposed to just being sort of, like, censors about and around sex. Like, they could really be teaching us at least a little bit about our bodies. I know they're very busy. These are all really awesome professionals, but, like, I just don't know just the the focal point
0: yeah Yeah. I think this I for me it's always like are we focusing on the right thing Mm -hmm. and I often find the answer is no there's a great um there's a great book called The Checklist that (sighs) he has a very elaborate Indian name (laughs) 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 goo as if I knew it the other day (laughs) anyway it's called The Checklist yeah and um and he's I believe at least at the time he was uh running the World Health Organization Mm -hmm. and uh and he goes through all these case studies of medical issues and how, you know, what's happening in the medical field that wasn't happening in, say, architecture. Like, how are largely buildings not falling down? Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. And, um, and a number of other examples like the uh, air traffic control and, like, why aren't planes crashing more often? And, hmm. uh, and what he found was that there was... Systematic checklists, right. and then there's of course what's an effective checklist that actually right. helps you versus not enough information on right, the checklist. Right. So we developed them for the World Health Organization. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and so I, I guess that popped into my head because I thought the solution for these medical practitioners with women perhaps right. are these quick checklists yeah. for each age bracket, or I, you know, like almost like having the little yeah. manual taped to the wall
1: in the waiting room. I like, know that uh, when it comes to maternal health. And maternal mortality, which we have a really disastrous rate of currently, that uh, there's a physician in California that did something very similar. Like, basically, it was like, I'm sick and tired of this rate being so high of literally just women bleeding to death. Yeah. Um, and she came up with some sort of checklist and also uh, a specialized cart. You know how they have like a crash cart? Like, so. If you uh, like, if your heart stops, like they have a specialized cart. Like you'll probably hear in like ER like and stuff. Cart? You, like you bring, mean like a, like kit? a physical? Cart. Okay. Oh, okay. Like they're like, we need a crash cart, and they bring it in. And has all the supplies like to deal with that exact emergency scenario. That common problem. Right. And so she created the exact same. I believe it's a female, but I'm also totally biased. Um, <laughs> created uh, a cart specifically for women who are at a higher risk that has things like. Uh, I believe like extra platelets for blood clotting and like different ways of measuring blood loss and stuff and all of a sudden now like they have one of the best rates in the country like so it, it is definitely like a,
0: a addressing is, like, a problem systematic
1: like systems that yeah it shouldn't be rocket science but I, I think it's well okay. it's almost it's shedding light right. on those corners and it's also women's health is just always tied up in social you know Garbage. I say so do bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> can yeah,
0: we cursed. Yeah, We <laughs> can actually on, in podcast land. It <laughs> might right we might have express. to rate it a little more harshly, like right. like PG thirteen for that. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. cool. We're gonna we're gonna switch over to another section yes. where we're gonna talk about the work you've been doing. Sure. Uh, just to, I'll there'll be an intro in the front, so we'll just leave it. <laughs> um, talking with, uh, may I use your full name, Go for it. Lauren Stevenson. Is that did you go by Stevenson? Yeah. Just double checking. Yes, yes. Uh, who started, if you wanted to share it. Yeah, your, so your group. Um, uh,
1: it was actually a group that was co founded, uh, started by my friend Erin Dark, who is an incredible actor, who was one of the really amazing stars of Good Girls Revolve, mm. the Amazon show. Yeah. That was canceled. Um, so she basically, like, right after Trump one sent out effectively an SOS email to all the females in her life and was like, listen, I don't know what to do with this, but I just feel like I need all my favorite females in a room to like figure something out because this is nuts. Um, And so the first uh, meeting was like, I want to say like November 9th. Like it was, all of us were like, yes, 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 yes. And so we went over to her place and I would say, uh, you know, just... Just to keep those stereotypes alive. About eighty percent of the meeting was like us crying, but at some point we we're like, we need to do something. We need to do something because uh, I th- I think just generally speaking, like yes, the environment, but I also think it's a group of people that happens to be a bit more action oriented in general. Um, mm. And we're like, okay, this is great that we're gonna sit around and cry, but like we want to feel like we're we're doing something, and so. Uh, a handful of us co-founded uh, Women to the Front, and it's an action group. And uh, you know, I mean, I guess we're we're technically activists. Hmm. Um, Congratulations, adding uh, the new title you. to your list. I got that badge. <laughs> um, but so we, ever since the election, almost a year now, we've met at least once a month, um, primarily in Erin's apartment, and we have a group of probably like. I want to say 40 to 50 active members, but then like about 130 members like on our list that like pop into uh, meetings now and again. And basically our focus has become, uh, we we did a ton of research, again, a lot of type A, a lot of spreadsheets, and we basically figured out that in almost every instance, every single cause that we cared about um, really just needed money more than anything mm. else because we were at first like what can we do can we create a thing and then we're like you know there are so many awesome places that have been doing the work behind the scenes forever and the last thing that they needed is us to be like oh we'll do a new app that'll do this you know like they're on the ground they're doing the work they just need more money um and they need you know probably some more publicity and uh as you know Uh, there's a lot of us are actors we're writers, editors, um, generally social butterflies and we're like, we can do this. Um, so we, uh, hosted our first fundraiser in July, um, for Kentucky's, uh, EMW, what does that stand for? Something, something medical women's clinic. Um, and it is the last women's medical clinic in Kentucky that provides medical abortions. Wow. Um, And they are currently still in court fighting with the governor, who is trying his damnedest to close it down Mm -hmm. entirely. When does he leave office? I (laughs) have no idea, but it's not soon enough at all. Um so uh we threw this huge concert fundraiser at Union Pool in Williamsburg. Ooh fun. I once yeah, saw a band awesome. musician
0: swing from a chandelier there. No way. It was so fun. Unforgettable. I also met a model that I dated for a little while. Oh, we had great sex. No big deal.
1: <laughs> I love that place. I'll put that on our next fundraiser. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So um yeah, so we had this event, and we also put the uh, fundraiser link on GoFundMe, uh-huh. and we raised $15,000. <gasps> yeah, it was incredible. It was That's about thrilling. around like 200 people came to the event, and then a ton of people donated online, including even some Republicans in the family, which, you know, you probably won't name them. Um, but I love and adore them for their contributions. Yeah. Um, and it really was awesome, and, and one of the things that we learned very quickly is... Um, how little even those, you know, adorable progressives among us really knew about the state of women's healthcare in the U.S. And so obviously our, our you know...
0: You kind of don't know until
1: you know. have a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, a lot of times, even then, you only know in your, like, locality. You know, mm-hmm. like, the best hospitals and the best doctors and the ones that are creeps and, like... Mm-hmm. But for women in different states outside your own, for instance, West Virginia or North Dakota, South Dakota, Missouri, Mississippi, which all have, uh, only one clinic in their state. Although I believe, I think Missouri just got a second one. So it's a big victory. Um, so you guys had, you
0: mentioned having a map at the, at your event.
1: So part of One of the ways that I feel like the event was successful beyond just monetarily was um, this one artist in our group, Chaney Trotter, who's incredible. She does a lot of scenery work, actually. Um, She created this massive map of the U.S., and it had uh, red pins for all the clinics that were closed um, from 1991 or 1996 um, until now and then uh, green pins for all the clinics that that still are in operation. And visually, it's just staggering. Um, It's something insane, like I want to say 70% of clinics have been closed. Wow. Um, And and this is because it's been a really concerted effort um, by far-right evangelicals, and they have lobbying groups, and they have pushed through legislation that have made this happen. Um, and it's often not very obvious because it does happen on these very local, um, you know, they'll just pass it state by state. And so, yeah, I mean, especially on the coast, we'll never hear about what's going on in Kentucky. Um, so right. that was really fascinating, not only to be learning it ourselves, but then to also show, you know, the 200 or so guests exactly what's going on in the U S, which is a bit nuts. Yeah. So, um,
0: You guys have another event coming up.
1: We do. We do. So we chose um, this phenomenal group called Florence Project, and they provide uh, pro bono or very cheap um, legal services for immigrants who are detained. Um, They're based in Arizona. Um, One thing that I hadn't realized was that if you are not a US citizen and you are detained, um, you're arrested, you are not guaranteed any sort of um, legal representation. And so what that can look like is, let's say, a 10-year-old who has found himself in the US um, and is not a US citizen and is detained because he is not a citizen and you know, maybe was caught up in a raid, um, literally having to stand in court and defend himself by himself, um, and so as you'd imagine, very often when um, when immigrants are detained and they don't have any sort of legal defense, they're more often than not sent back to their countries. Um, I don't know the stats offhand, but yeah. it's something like you know, eighty percent of immigrants uh, seeking asylum who have representation on average are granted asylum and then something like 40% if they don't have legal representation so Florence Project is doing just like incredibly important work and we're going to be throwing another fundraiser for them uh, again at Union Pool because they're incredible Yeah, Um, and we are hoping to have some musicians and possibly some comics who are um, you know either first generation or immigrants um, really to be able to sort of celebrate all the other cultures that make up the country and I mean, especially in New York. Yeah
0: so, um, and What is What is the feminist agenda there? I mean does it matter? Yeah. How are you guys deciding? Yeah, how
1: to so that? It is feminist yes. in the way that virtually every virtually every cause anything that sort of is failing in any way shape or form um, is always going to impact women and families hardest right I mean so much the child <laughs> right so when you're talking about immigration you're talking about detention you're talking about women being separated from their families um, you are talking about um, you know women being left alone in different situations to raise their kids because maybe their husband is raising money uh, is you know, trying to support them elsewhere, uh, you know, as it is with the environment, with any sort of poverty, with any sort of injustice, women are always going to be uh, impacted, hit hardest and, and impacted um, mm-hmm. most heavily, absolutely. So, um, inside that rubric, basically anything can be feminist, which is both great and terrible. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's always been you really all hard. to yeah. come together and have a meeting where we maybe do. you all
0: each have your own
1: mm-hmm.
0: organization that you recommend yeah. and then you guys vote on it? Yeah. Is that... That's actually,
1: yeah. we have basically a pitch night where um, we generally, before that, we'll we'll have some sort of conversation as to, as to the theme, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, that said, we always do want to make sure it's something local and small that doesn't otherwise get national attention, um, just because we feel like we can make more of an impact. Um, But yeah, no, we literally, everyone does their homework. It's actually pretty cute and and stands up and and talks about these particular organizations, which actually it reminds me, I've been meaning to put all of those organizations online because it is a a list of incredible organizations. Oh right, yeah, so even if you're not
0: raising it, but maybe it speaks to you, you can donate to them.
1: Because that is one of the harder things and everyone hates it is when we have to vote on which one, because then you're obviously voting against a lot of other really worthwhile organizations. But um, in in some ways it is heartening because you see all the people that are doing such incredible work. So cool. Yeah. For a lot of these overlooked communities. It's really good. it's awesome. how can, how can people get involved with it? Can they? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're in the New York area, um, we have a website, which is just womentothefront.com. And you are welcome to send us an email, and then you'll get all our info, and, and you can come to our meetings. Um, we have a Facebook page, which is also Women to the Front. We'll be launching an Instagram eventually. but um, So you want to sign up for any of those things if you're interested in being a member and or just hearing about our fundraiser, which is going to be February eleventh.
0: Right, that you can still contribute
1: yeah. even if you're not in yeah. New York. Yeah, and if you're not in the New York area, is um, that on
0: Facebook? Yeah,
1: or are you just okay. Yep, yeah, that's on Facebook, and we will also have some sort of GoFundMe or something. Yeah. Like that when is this Twitter. too advanced? Do you guys live stream at all?
0: Um, Someone stick their iPhone up. Not yet, but there's Not the idea. Yet, but we definitely
1: <laughs> should. Yes, no, I know. work in social media, so it just had me be like, Wait, why don't we? No, now we the definitely iPhone. should. Yeah. Yeah, that's very smart. Cool we for anyone who's that. yeah, anyone who yeah, does like wanna Yeah, because yeah, I mean we're definitely gonna have amazing musicians. We just haven't
0: No, it takes time and it takes time. time? <laughs> it's, I think it's really beautiful even for me to hear. How you guys are growing and, and shaping the yeah. mountain, right? Yeah. And it's that seed beginning, yeah. And then slowly you go, oh, let's add this, let's yeah. add this. It
1: really has been organic, you know. I know that's a super overused word, but mm. uh, it's been a lot of just meeting and talking through. Okay, yeah. what what do we want to be doing? What do we want to be making an impact? How can we, you know, as as a group of primarily white cisgendered women, how can we actually walk the walk? Organ- the
0: Yeah, Yeah. that it's currently that. But you guys are open to, like, more of an intersectionality. We
1: would love to have more people who are different from us. Just because it makes the conversation more interesting. It it feels like very often... uh, Well, to backtrack, we also... One uh, thing that we are going to make a concerted effort uh, to do is to show up to other people's meetings. Because at first we're like, how do we get more people? Um, and especially people of color. And then we're like, oh, we have to go to their meetings. Like they already so have, have them go. happening. Yeah, absolutely. And let's show it them we support them. Very, like, this is a super narrow-minded way of looking at it. So we, we do I, need to do more of that.
0: I appreciate that a lot. I, I don't. Yeah. That doesn't get said enough. I mean, I feel almost that immediate awareness just from you saying it. You know, um, a black activist friend of mine, we were just recently at... Like a women's power breakfast thing in in LA, and it was very, like you're saying, very white, yeah. cisgender, older women who mm. are accomplished in in their industry. Um, so you know they're only a shade different than maybe the white male. It feels right? right. And my friend leaned back and said to me, "You know, it's hard to forget that 52 percent was it 52 percent of." Yeah. These white women <laughs> voted for Trump. I know. You know, as as a black woman, I think for her it's very, um, you know, we forget like how that how that's going to change your feeling of security
1: in an environment. Yeah, absolutely. And for white women, I'm just totally embarrassed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just
0: feel like, like you want to wear a sticker
1: that's right. like. Right, and I wore a pantsuit all that day. <laughs> seriously, it's just, it's embarrassing. And it's embarrassing and then it also reveals, you know, how much work we still have to do. But I, I do think, so right after the election, I thought we need to talk to these white women. We need to talk to white working class. You know, all these people that should be Democrats, that should be voting Democratic and are not. Since then, I have changed my tune, and I think the focus needs to be on actually just getting voting access for people who already want to vote and facilitating it and just were not able to for a lot of different reasons that are absolutely racially biased and just gerrymandering. And, And it's all this sort of unsexy stuff that I had zero interest in well
0: it's a lot of us right Right. we just go oh paperwork
1: right you're like well i mean couldn't we just do better marketing to the white people that we know and you're like no actually if you want to win elections why not just go for the people that actually want to vote that you don't have to convince But do you you think about how to get
0: them out is that helping with the the mailer vote and kind of doing that in advance. There's also this whole issue that people don't know that like when you do the mail-in, if it doesn't arrive by a certain time, they're, they're counting it after the count, like all these weird stipulations.
1: There's, there's a lot, but it it can feel overwhelming. Oh, it's totally overwhelming. But that, that is actually one thing that um, women to the front has been incredible for. And again, this is just grown out of like what, we felt that we needed and how we felt that we could both that we could make the most impact. Yeah. Um but it has naturally become this sort of avenue for us to all not be apathetic because it's really easy to just get bowled over by this like fire hose of negative news and yeah. oh we can't possibly do anything.
0: But I like how you all it seems like it's always the answer is to pick something specific. Yes. But you basically said well, where is one place yep. that we can start?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I really do think that that is key because it's so easy to, you know, to just pick a, a big issue, like let's say the environment, and just be like, ah, you know, just get totally overwhelmed yeah. and, and sort of stop yourself before you get started and. The key to me has has been to start as small as humanly possible. Yeah, even if that is just making a phone call every day, or, right? Or every week, or you know, whatever the thing is, doing this one tiny thing, um, it it makes such a difference um, in the way that you just don't feel you don't feel as overwhelmed anymore if you can just do like one thing. I mean, it's the same way with like your work to do list, right? Like right, if you can yeah. accomplish a thing. Everything else feels a lot less daunting.
0: Yeah. Um maybe this is I I'm curious just in starting the organization, you guys, do you uh donate at all of the funds at this point? Oh yeah. Is there a sense of like one point person who's Yeah. I don't know, getting Yeah, no,
1: we on? have a we have a treasurer, which is like sort of a joke because uh, you know, we don't have we're not holding any money, but that is the person that just makes sure that, you know, Facilitates right, goes, of funds. You know, that takes care of the GoFundMe and that that goes directly to the cause because we're not yet a four oh one C three, so we can't hold any money. Anything that we're doing is just directing people to the fundraiser right. or to the organization that we're raising funds for. Nice. Um yeah, it's like we looked into getting it's established. a lot of paperwork, so much paperwork. and I've done that too. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's really daunting. But
0: by the way, I think sometimes I've had moments where that s- stops me or yep. it makes me go, Oh, but the truth is you can actually like you're doing, you can just start. Yeah. And then when you're established enough, yeah, do that.
1: Yeah. There's really no reason to let that stop. you, Right. I think,
0: well, maybe I'm mistaken, but I think that sometimes if anyone's listening out there, uh, about like that legal stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we'll go with the legal stuff and it's like, Oh, that's halting us. And yeah. it's like, well, just start, start with that seed topic right. and then, and then let it grow. And yeah, grow.
1: yeah. It's sort of similar to a lot of entrepreneurial mm-hmm. things, which is you can absolutely get mired down in like, Oh, I have to establish an LLC and I need a bookkeeper. And like, yes, those things are true. But if you have a good idea or you have a vision or, or you have a thing that you feel like it should be in the world, it makes a lot more sense actually to just do that thing to the best of your ability and then start adding things onto it, you know, basically do the thing that you know how to do well Mm -hmm. first yeah, and then start outsourcing the things you don't know how to do Um, because it's just too easy. It's no matter what, you're not going to know all the things. So you just start with what you know how to do, which in our case is throwing a kick-ass party. So (laughs) It's awesome. Not too hard. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I think that's that's it for now. I'm so glad that I was in New York and yeah. able to pop by and do awesome. an interview with you. Um, for me, I think it was important to talk with you and share what you're doing with our audience. Because, yeah, because it's... Um, Activism, and I think we've all been having that itch in some way, and it's like, how do you move the needle?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and to also, see you
0: build it and develop it from that ground level, and I've been kind of watching you, and, and I thought, you. I appreciate it. You know, it's
1: working. Yeah, um, and we are actually thinking about possibly doing some some local chapters in other cities because we've had some interest in LA and in Chicago, and we feel like we could put together a super simple blueprint for. You know, here's what a meeting looks like. Here's how to figure out your fundraiser um, and possibly make this a little bit bigger. So we'll
0: see. Gorgeous. Yeah. So if anyone's interested, you Went can go to the dot to... com. Right. Uh, thanks, Lauren. All right. Well, uh, until next time, if you guys have any thoughts, please write us. Um, you can check out our information at patreon.com forward slash T.A. Talk sex. Uh, as always, you're listening to TNA Talk sex because it's never just about sex. Um, yeah, I think that's all. Okay, ciao.